1: Radical ones, it is the darkest day in horror history with the 1985 George Romero film, Day of the Dead. It's time to get radical.
2: Ensure all residences are secure with all doors and windows firmly locked and barricaded. They're
3: coming to get you, Barbara. Not people. Brains. They're us. We're them. They're us. Oh my God. You are dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. The pain of being dead. Were you bitten? Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? They have overrun us, you know. We're in the minority now—something
1: like four hundred thousand to one by my calculation.
4: The father, of my father, always said, "When the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living."
1: When
3: there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk
0: you. It's another one for the fire.
1: Welcome back, Radical Ones, to an all-new episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and we are continuing the Summer of the Dead with everyone's favorite brother and mine, David, with Day of the Dead from 1985. David, we're finally doing another Romero classic. We did Dawn of the Dead in our first year, and now during the Summer of the Dead, we are tackling Day of the Dead. (laughs)
2: Some people wanted a summer of love. We decided to do a summer of death. A dead. Again. Much
1: like last summer, right? We had Jason.
2: I'm doing this thing in my head where last summer we did Friday the 13th, the whole series. Jason killed everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't come back to life. So I'm saying that was a summer of death. This is a summer of, shall we say, rebirth, maybe? Oh, yes, the Summer yes. of resurrection. So yeah, so this is not the summer. It's just, it's a different way of living. It's a different lifestyle choice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what? I love that because I, we can celebrate life during this summer then with zombies. So, we've been recording a few of our movies ahead of time, David, and we did do Romero's Land of the Dead before doing Day of the Dead for continuity. This will air prior to that, but we've been watching a lot of Romero's stuff again in preparation for this.
2: You know, and plus we have a family vacation coming up, so, and things like that.
1: Yes, David and his family's coming to visit in New York so we are trying to get as much as we can ahead of time and there's a lot going on in june for all of us so and summer of the dead here on the radical retro rewind podcast that beats everything that beats everyone's vacation just take that as you will this is your this is your vacation from life it's a lazarus card (laughs) yeah listen to our dawn of the dead review for that story so david i mean this is one of romero's classic i would say the golden age of romero this was at the time the third movie in the dead franchise some people say that this was the black sheep before land of the dead and diary of the dead and survival of the dead came after but out of the original night of the living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead day of the dead always got the most hate and was considered out of the three like i said the black sheep of romero's original trilogy honestly david and we'll get into it i really always like day of the dead but it's still not dawn of the dead for me but i'll take this over land of the dead any day
2: well little known fact to you probably is that i have seen day of the dead more than i probably have seen any other zombie movies
1: e- even more than dawn then
2: for some reason i have always gone back to this movie I don't know what it is but honestly I after watching it again recently I have a, more of an appreciation for it and I'm not sure because I we've been kind of amping up and ramping up for the summer and recording things and watching a lot more
1: <laughs> zombie of, movies? Of, 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 the, of the
2: genre you know you could see how low a zombie movie can sink is
1: compared to let's just say oh my god <laughs> like the
2: it's like what is it, like the italian ones or the other the international ones where the zombies are like ninjas yeah it's funny but um, so, yeah. You know what it is? So, Day of the Dead, David, I think is is more
1: of a movie that's shown on TV. I think it's a little shorter than Dawn. It's more mainstream. And I think over the years, it's been shown on TV much more than a Dawn of the Dead. Because Dawn of the Dead, you're not seeing that unless it's, like, the independent film channel.
2: Yeah, the only other movie of the, of the Romero collection that always is... One that, you know, started it all off, which is Night of the Living Dead. That, the black and white, always seems to find its way every every i was gonna say every christmas every halloween (laughs) (laughs) every christmas it's it's night of the living dead
1: living dead for us
2: how do you think he delivers so many presents in one in one day? He's dead. It's all zombies. Oh my god. He has zombie elves. But night
1: too. Night is also public domain. Night is also. I mean, it's
2: a classic. It's a, it's a classic. I movie. can relate to that one song that I wrote that band stole from me. Even if they got yes. one dollar, they got my money from iTunes for me to download my own song. I'm not gonna say mention names. i ain't one to gossip but you know who you are and you didn't make it anyway so ha ha ha
1: oh god wow you know what though not bitter i'm just disappointed i'm disappointed for you too damn
3: first he created the most frightening film ever made He took his unique vision of terror one step further. Now, George A. Romero takes us out of the night, beyond the dawn, and into the darkest day of horror the world has ever known. Day of the Dead. The most eagerly awaited day in horror film
1: history. Day of the Dead, 1985. This was a long time in the making. People wanted to see what Romero was going to come up with after Dawn of the Dead. And he did Creepshow after this, as well as Night Riders, which did not do very well. That was the motorcycle-esque fairy tale Kingdom Romero movie that he made. And they said that by the time they got to Day of the Dead, I think the investors were kind of nervous after the last two movies <laughs> that he did, so they they gave them less money. So originally, we were going to get a grander Day of the Dead that took place on an island. They call it a matter of fact, David. Tom Savini says it was the Gone with the Wind of zombie movies, originally the script. Now, Romero did say, though, that he got to do everything he wanted to do at Day of the Dead, but it was condensed down. But he got his main point across that he was trying to convey. A zombie apocalypse has ravaged the entire world with zombies outnumbering humans 4,000 to 1. There's Surviving humans live within barricaded camps and secure underground bunkers. And then in an underground facility in the Everglades, housing scientists and soldiers, the scientists are trying to find a solution to the zombie pandemic. The soldiers have been assigned to protect them. Dr. Sarah Bowman, her lover, Soldier Private Miguel Salazar, Radio Operator Bill McDormand, and Helicopter Pilot John fly from their underground base to Fort Myers, Florida in an attempt to locate additional survivors i gotta say this is one of the best openings to a zombie movie we've seen grander with cgi with the dawn of the dead remake with how they're able to do mass numbers of zombies but back in 1985 oh i love God, this yes. opening
2: they you know they land this helicopter and they land even though they, there's some banter about not landing but the but sarah's like we have to see if there's any survivors we've been up and down the coastline and what have you they land the helicopter they have bullhorns first of all you see the very beginning that miguel is just he's he's over the zombie apocalypse he is fragile and fragile of mind and spirit and doesn't even want to do this and is very fearful so you see them calling but the amount of work they put into the like the the downtown the downtown strip is is amazing so this downtown area, again, was so impressive to me because, I mean, there was like shredded palm trees. There was burnt out cars. And actually for a moment, I was looking and sometimes it looked like a real thing, like a real downtown. And a little bit sometimes it looked like a, a backdrop, a set, you know, in a, in a in a studio. So it was actually done very, very well. And there was like cool details like the theater. There's a guy in the theater box, like a zombie oh, stuck inside and like you hear them they're using the bullhorn to call for people hello hello and that
1: goes on for a while david it's like a dead area i mean literally dead space
2: Which is really funny because the hello that Miguel does reminds me of the hello from the guy from 28 Days Later calling when he gets out of the hospital. It sounds
1: like, like, yes, Chilean Murphy, I believe that that gentleman's name is. And he's, I believe, Irish, but it does have that, hello! Like, that is a great point. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that before. I mean, I know it's the word hello, but it's...
2: it's I could have interchanged the tones and everything. It sounded really good. So they're calling for to try to find survivors. They're also radioing them. This. They're finding that basically this has been touched upon in one or two other movies, but the pilot John, it's like, can you hear that? You can hear it over the engine of the helicopter. It gives you chills. It's the moans of the dead.
3: We can lift you out to safety. Please answer my call if you can hear me. Forget it, Billy Boy. It's a dead please. Yeah, you know, going
2: It's almost like what I would, I've never been, I've never been in one, but it almost really reminds me of how scary it is when you first hear that. They say that and it sounds like a freight train when there's a tornado coming.
1: Oh, wow.
2: You know, something's coming. You the know what it doom. is. And it just, it it actually, this is probably what I really like. This was amazing. There's a couple of other parts that really speak to me as far as on a very intellectual and I don't want to say spiritual, but like a very, wow, this is making an amazing point that Romero is making with the script and what he says. So yeah, that was I I love the beginning of this movie. That really makes the movie for me in many ways.
1: David, I think better than even Dawn's beginning, and you know how much we love Dawn of the Dead. I wish the movie stayed almost in this atmosphere, because it is so gorgeous. I feel like if we would have gotten this for the full movie, maybe more outside. Although there is always that isolation with Romero's zombie movies, which is part of the charm. But this was done so good the dead walk the newspaper blowing up that was recopied in the Resident Evil movies that they paid homage to that the streets were silent and then they slowly unveil the zombies we get the alligator that came out to show that nature has taken back everything what do you think about Dr. Tongue as they call him that zombie that we see that leads up to the Day of the Dead title well he ain't Dr. Teeth cause he ain't got none <laughs> no <laughs> my god he, Dr. Tongue we watched Land of the Dead recently like we were saying It's gonna come later on, but... Did you see in this one how there was less characters? Yes, there was the ticket booth zombie yes there was certain zombies but it almost seems like again in land and we talk about it then that they put so many character type zombies in that it was like well you're a musician and you're the guest I mean they again they have it in here too there's different there's a clown no but the difference the difference
2: between the difference between I wasn't really sure if I was going to go into this because obviously the review and the conversation about land isn't for a while after this one but there's a difference between in the both movie so in this movie this is much more about the isolation how people react in circumstances the almost like return to like a very primitive like you 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 don't have these major amenities and supplies like you know you're not trapped in a mall where you can just put a new outfit on and Right. Go to the, you know, the McDonald's that's inside the mall and make something. This is like very raw. And it's, it is much more about being in that bunker that we'll talk about later, where land is almost like humanizing, rehumanizing the zombies to have them repopulate the earth, so to speak, in a way. It's like, so the big difference, big difference. So yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So that is again, kind of where I have to give it to Romero, where he has overall themes, obviously, besides zombies walking the earth. He has different themes of what he's doing. So, Land is like rehumanizing them. Night of the Living Dead is purely like reminds me, gives me that like Dracula, Wolfman, mm-hmm. you know. But also talks about bigotry and racism and you know even sexism to do a degree, yeah, and things like that. So there's always these little. It's almost like the ABC after. There's always a. There's always <laughs> yeah. Some sort of um, the ABC after school special. There's always some sort of, of, uh, dead. of a lesson to be learned. And sometimes it's a lesson that none of us really want to hear. How we're calling these zombie savages, but the real savages are the human beings that are still alive to each other. Because these zombies are just going on instinct to eat we have choices to make and we're making the most horrible choices. Beautifully stated.
1: And I have to say again, these are some of Romero's, I think, most likable characters in a way. He has a lot of dislikable characters in this movie as well. But I think Sarah, I think John, and I think Bill are really likable characters. Miguel, honestly, and I know him and Sarah are supposed to be in a relationship, but Miguel, and not just because what happens at the ending, I don't know. I never liked his character you could tell that he's he sees sarah who by the way is a okay here we go strong female she's stronger than half these people in this thing mentally smart she's she's capable a matter of fact when the dead start coming david with the hello Miguel runs as soon as he hears the shuffling and the, and the moans and sarah's still looking and like waiting and like seeing if there's anyone there so great character i think and her chemistry with john and bill i i really like their characters—they're not maybe Roger, Fran, and Peter and Steven for me, but honestly, these are this my second favorite group of Romero characters. I think. I mean, because who else do we really get? <laughs> So then, David, we get back to the underground bunker. This always killed me. The fence that they have out around this bunker is the tiniest, thinnest fence. And I think we've always said this. Wouldn't we have built up more around the area? Because we see that there's these zombies trying to break in, trying to break in. They're growing things. I think marijuana, I think, is the plant they're growing. But we see that they have a little outside area where the helicopter is. They refuel the helicopter out there. The fence... Gets me every time because they should have been doing something else. I think to keep these zombies. Um, unless they didn't think they were gonna be down there for a while. They said it was thrown together in a sh- in the matter of days. This operation. So we just went through a pandemic in a way. So you could see how fast things happen. I'm assuming. So they must have just grew this group down in a bunker. Didn't figure out how long they were gonna be there for. But the the fence kills me. And they get they come right in at the end anyway. So they this is
2: always but, something I say. I always think about. So let's say you're trapped in an area and zombies are coming. If if you kill enough zombies, can't they create their own barrier? Why isn't someone out there with, like, oh, a, I see. A, a weapon, a sword or something sticking them in the in the eye through the fence and letting them drop? The weight alone would push back, like, their own barrier. Even though you're you're having it, they're going to be at the gate anyway decomposing, so it doesn't matter as far as the health. Or would touch. they climb up, like, that World War Z movie where they're just, like, they climb uh, on top I mean, of they each might, other. but How much could they climb? You move them out evenly. You, you move it's over a little bit and let them come this way. I mean, honestly, I would be doing that. But is it? are they saving
1: these zombies because they still want them as specimens? Because Sarah does say it takes too much to round
2: them up outside.
1: Because they have some down in a bunker below. I don't know how they did that. But they have this, a whole this operation bunker. Going. This
2: bunker thing is the funniest thing. It's like an RVs. It's got RVs down there. It's, it was like military stuff. It almost looks like... A combination from a combination of a 1950s doomsday slash recreational facility for, like, Yosemite, you know, or...
1: Because they have all those RVs, yes, like a bunker, 100%, a 50s-esque, this-is-the-end-of-the-world bunker, and they have kind of these RVs, and they have... But they also have, we learn later, John says, formulas, movie prints, everything to preserve history down in this bunker, which is a smart idea. But did they actually think this was going to be the final stand of humanity? This...
2: You have Sarah in the very beginning of the movie dreaming. She's marking days off on a calendar and then like zombie hands all come through the wall. at Terrified. Her. Here's the thing. We don't know how long they've been down there because I'm going to tell you something. It seems like they, they allude to the fact that they've lost a lot of soldiers and people. They allude to the fact that they are running short on supplies, which is every movie. They allude yeah. to the fact that they didn't have proper equipment to begin with because it was thrown together. And you see the mental state of all of the soldiers, how barbaric they've become, how nasty they've become, how aggressive they're starting to become. There's innuendos about, you know, Miguel breaking up or... Getting rid of Miguel so that they can have a turn with Sarah. Lovin' have- some lovin',
1: Rhodes says. So all of us can get some lovin' or something like. That. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it might not be a bad idea. Give some of
3: the rest of us a shot at some lovin'.
0: Hey, it's gonna be a long winter. <laughs>
1: McLovin, well, but well, what do but you th- th- think about th- that too? That I think that's that's terrible for Sarah being the only woman in that in that scene. God, she holds her own. But
2: I often I wonder mean, about that. If I was the only woman, would you be? Would star- I be generous? As I say, I'm being generous. Would I? Would I be with the ones that I loathe the most just to keep them in line? I don't think you would have been
1: with Miguel. I think you would have knocked him out of the room long before it got to that point.
2: You, you have to you allude to the fact you that Miguel bitch. Miguel also is angry at Sarah because he feels emasculated by her. Yes. He says he yes. says that she's she's calm, she's cold and kind of like emotionless. And Sarah is on a mission to either Save the world, save herself, or figure out what's going on. See, Sarah is a very much about, and even the, the other- The other doctor, client, yes,
1: that's with her.
2: She, she's into analyzing, I don't know if it's empirical data or something Dr. Like Ted
1: this. Fisher, a technician. She's,
2: she's into, she's pure, pure research. She wants to know what's going on. So part of it is saving humanity. Part of it is her inquisitive nature to learn through- actual data and collections of stuff and it's the fact that she is she has a mission and she's trying to stick to which is actually in its within itself very amazing under the circumstances that she's been they're going through but the, i mean some of them that one there's a soldier that's like always laughing like yes! i want i want i would have thrown him in just to get rid of him to stop the ridiculous screaming and laughing and they then she called them barbarians she didn't use the word barbarian and he was saying how but well, basically all, all barbarians have big dicks so it comes back to oh
1: my god that's again right. this,
2: this savage sexualization that these These guys are all about, I mean, you're gonna be, you're facing the biggest meat
1: in the place or something like that. Yeah,
2: something like that. And again, totally inappropriate. Secondly, it shows you how quickly society would break down and the rules of engagement that we have. That even though, obviously, unfortunately, there's murder, there is rape, there are other things that go on in this world, we still have stuff in place to keep most of the savages at bay.
1: They're under this impression, the other doctor, Ted, I mean, Sarah, too, to some extent, they're under this impression that they're going to be people are going to find out that, that, you know, they haven't heard from them and come save them. But I think that it comes to reality at some point, even with Rhodes he has evil and, you know, conniving and, and bossy as he is. I could see after we get into it, like his men are the dead bodies are being served to Bub. I could see how this martial law would happen with somebody in a military like this, especially when you think. This is it. This is all we have. And, you know, you got to take control before more shit happens. But do you remember, David, when this aired on TV and they had (laughs) this David famously? I remember there was a TV version of one scene when Sarah is telling Rhodes off that we always joked about when she she says in the the movie version, she says, yes, sir, F you sir but in the in the, one of the tv versions we saw she said yes sir
2: hello sir you know it works hello sir so this again is like you're seeing the buildup of all this animosity and craziness right Power struggle. Pa-
1: well, definitely a power struggle. And there is a scientist, which they call Frankenstein. Richard Liberty plays Dr. Matthew Logan, the group's main surgeon and scientist. Now, unknown to Sarah and Ted, who is the other doctor, he has been doing experiments on, a matter of fact, not only the dead that they have, which they know about, but the captain recently was ended up dead, who was in head of this, and he ends up using... Using him for research, and Sarah says, You know, if they find this out, they'll kill us all, you know, like mutiny and stuff like that. But his whole plot is that he has a zombie that he is, in essence, trying to teach to be not to see people as food. And this is Bub, played by Sherman Howard, who, David, was funny. He actually also guest starred on Charmed. An episode in season four, Page to the Past. He played Clyde. He was the person who sent Paige back to her teenage self. He opens the door. Leo had a call for him. So we see Bub again later on. Bub, while he does do movements like Big Daddy that we talk about in Land of the Dead he still comes off more realistic to me, David. I don't know if it's because I've seen this movie a hundred times or I'm used to him. As we see in Land, Big Daddy moves like a a human again, at least with Bub, I will say. He grabs the phone, but it's upside down at first. I'm assuming we get to the point where it's trying to say that Big Daddy in Land is far superior maybe than a Bub. But the acting, again, I think that Sherman Howard did so much more subtle things with Bub than, let's say, the over-the-top that Big Daddy was in Land of the Dead. I mean, Bub is the original, the type. I mean, we've seen this in Night of the Living Dead, like you mentioned always with the zombie that breaks the glass with Barbara in the car. Dawn of the Dead, they kind of remembered the guns and they hold the guns. I guess this is the progression. But there's something still about the acting in Land that I just don't buy, that that person
2: was a zombie. Say hello to your Anna Leash. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> you've got doc you've got dr logan who they call dr frankenstein so they're actually also already saying that he's kind of nutsy and they're not sure what he's doing down there in the lab he's always walking around with blood glo- bloody gloves and blood all over his lab coat he he's like kind of reminds me of the guy who's eating the sandwich on the on jason or whatever like the yeah. dead body yeah. went yeah. yes <laughs> so gross so gross Anyway, just like let me use you as a plate.
1: No, I was gonna say there is a charm to this actor though in a weird way. He plays him almost with this childlike innocence as Crazy, but he's as also he's very sharp things. because
2: he's sharp because he also knows how to shut the commander roads down with his intellect. He basically is, his his premise is there's no way to reverse the process like the way Sarah wants to try to reverse the process, which makes They're no dead. sense to me because you you're dead. Yeah, but even if you could reverse it where people would just start dying normally that die, then it would be progress. His thought is to train them like dogs, basically. Re again, you this is the introduction of that. Re- Rehumanizing a very small portion of the rehumanizing, of, but this is physically the character in the movie is trying to rehumanize Bob, who ha- happens to. Progress. Yeah, he shows him how to use a tape player so he can listen to music. How to tr- how to turn it on and off. He gives him book *Salem's Lot*. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, he, Stephen gives, King
2: he gives he gives he gives him a razor and he cuts his face open. But he tries to learn to remember to. And he's looking in the mirror at himself. He's trying to make them more cognitive that they are not just meat eating. Creatures, but they are human beings or or war human beings. So that's there's something to be said about that because he basically says, and the statistic, like you said, he goes to the general journal, whatever he is, Rhodes. The, oh, the um, Captain, there. yeah, Captain Rhodes. Captain Rhodes. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You want to leave here? Where are you going to go? There's the, they're four thousand to one. The only way we can get ourselves to not be eaten by them, we can't overtake them with guns. We're running out of guns and and bullets and everything else. You have to domesticate them like a dog, basically.
1: Where will you go, Captain? You can destroy my specimens, but what about the millions more that are waiting to greet you outside?
0: Do You really think you can blow the piss out of them? All of them? They have you in a hopeless situation, strategically. You're lost. Well, you're lost unless...
1: Unless what? Unless what, Frankenstein? Unless you can make them behave. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is a fucking loony bit! I ain't being paid enough to work in a fucking loony bit! I ain't being paid <laughs> at all! got <laughs> paychecks <laughs> <your> last paycheck, <laughs> Steal the hey. paycheck. Yes, yes. All right, <laughs> shut up! Just shut up! What the hell are you talking about, Frankenstein? I'll be able to show you soon enough. Sarah knows. She's seen the progress I've been making, isn't that right, Sarah? Yes. There's been some progress. What kind of progress? What are you talking about, make them behave? What does that mean? It means keeping them from wanting to eat us, for one thing. It means keeping them in check. It means controlling them. Controlling them. When are you going to show us something that we can understand? Very close, very close. I think in a matter of weeks. I don't think
4: there's any way you can tell
1: how long anything is going to take. The shopping malls are all closed. I like that little callback to Dawn of the Dead probably as well. But he's right in that way. But honestly, David, this would probably take forever. And they are running out of supplies and food. And Bub, I actually think, I mean, Sarah says it too. It's not what this one does. It's what it doesn't. He doesn't He doesn't look at the doctor as food. Maybe it is something also special with Bub, but we do see that he does feed him with human flesh that he's gotten from the recently dead soldiers and things like that which i mean there's a there is a line there too is he completely crazy has he been pushed that but then what is that later on when we're in his lab and they they're playing his tape back and he's talking to himself like something about his mother or something so there's something wrong with him too mentally of course he's like no mother or something like may i may i have another May i have another sir Dr. Logan has something clearly off with him as much as he is. I gotta say, he's charming in some way. I don't know, not like charming like that. He keeps it light, even though there's serious crap going on. So, out of everyone in this bunker, at least this one's just like, He's Grandpa Monster. That is actually great. He's Grandpa Monster.
2: That there's also a part where you find out that Bub must have been part of the military and he salutes Rhodes and Rhodes is flips out because he's like, These people these things have eaten our people, and you want me to salute that rotting corpse pus pocket or whatever he calls them.
1: I don't want to defend a character like
2: Rhodes, but some of the
1: things he's saying is normal in the sense that someone who's seen people be murdered and killed and maimed by zombies probably don't want to sit there and be like oh yeah this is a wonderful thing let me salute
2: you but this is this is going down the rabbit hole this is going down the rabbit hole though because Rhodes doesn't really know at the time that he is really trying to train Bub to humanize him so he doesn't understand he thinks that they're playing now that they're they're laughing they think it's a joke that they're yeah he walks in with
1: Sarah like the one moment that this woman laughs in this whole movie, he walks in on her.
2: <laughs> but slowly but surely, you see that Bub is changing. He's changing in the sense of that he—he he doesn't is... even
1: grab Sarah. He when Sarah walks into the lab at one point, he's in the shadows, and she like she goes. <gasps> But he doesn't go after her. He doesn't try to eat her. He kind of just like looks at her and moseys off. So I guess there is something to that. He's feeding the urge that the zombies have by feeding them food, and he's filling them, I guess, his time with with other things. Like it's. A I always thought life. this.
2: You you know how you said that this with this process is ridiculous. It would take too long. It was too many zombies. I often think about the process of. So, let's say you took, you were able to domesticate like ten to twenty zombies. If you put them out right. into the herd of the other zombies, would they teach those zombies to not mm. kill humans? Was that the premise of it? In other words, once you infect one, will that will will that person become Big Daddy, but in the positive way? So you see Big Daddy reinforced. In the movie lands- yes. Is land of the dead, or would they become go revert back to savagery because they weren't being fed regularly? So See, you look at that like that makes
1: more sense. That question, David, because I kept saying, "What is the whole point of this?" Yes, I get it in one way, but what would this accomplish? So that actually makes the most sense if that was the idea. Because didn't Sarah also say that they had a surgery that they were gonna, they were attempting to do, maybe to almost lobotomize them? And again, she said it would take too long, and only a few group of scientists would be able to perform the surgery. So it's like, what are they actually trying to achieve here? I could, I would say the same question at the point. If you're running out of food and there's nothing getting done and people keep dying. Again, I know Rhodes is supposed to be a power crazy A douche. Uh, Do Yes, like and he is, douche. but at the same time, there is things that it's like, well, uh, but that makes the most sense if that's what it was. Almost like we let this one go and he teaches the other ones.
2: Well, Logan, though, here's the thing. Lo- Logan makes a point of again, where will you go? His point is he'll just keep working, doing his crazy stuff indefinitely till he can't do it anymore because what else am I going going to do.
1: Right. But at the same time, they're running out of food. They haven't had contact from, I think they said there was another place that they haven't had contact in within months. So it's true. But at the same time, if there is no food, what are you gonna do? Okay, so also we get a tiny scene in which I think Sarah for the first time, and this was taken by The Walking Dead, she does the Herschel special, but this is where it was created, right, David? This is where removing a limb from somebody, I believe, was the first time. was done on something in I a movie so. in a zombie movie removing the limb to try to stop the infection she does this to miguel when he's bitten at one point now we never find out if that would have actually worked because he ends up killing himself and letting the zombies in at the end and, and ending the movie but do you think she caught the infection in in romero
2: world yes because every single person that we've seen turn from a bite one lets it go two it's in an area where you couldn't cut it out and three doesn't have time to tend to it so even yes the blood is always going and this and that but if you were to get bit by a scorpion on your finger and immediately cut your finger off the venom from the scorpion bite would have not had time to travel so yes that's something to take into consideration
1: the fact that he didn't turn he probably would have turned already in romero's In his world, it happens pretty quickly. So, if it would have spread, it probably would have happened within that time. Well, because
2: he was also very fragile, weak, and about to pass out.
1: We mentioned this earlier. There's a kind of corral area mixed to. Well, it's this. In this
2: underground bunker, there's an area that's sealed off. The corral and recreational facility, the RV park slash prison. It's weird too because at one point
1: the the lab looked almost like a break room that I was in in a prior job. That's it looked like just a. Like a schoolroom, break room in a place. But anyway, I digress. Yes, but there is a corral area in this underground bunker. This is where they hold the subjects. But they said, Dave, one of the soldiers noticed that he they say it is a joke, but they're not coming when they're called because they said they they know what Dr. Frankenstein is gonna do to them. Now he says it, I think, as a joke, but Sarah takes this, she's like, Yes, Rickles, they're actually learning. I don't know. Do you think that's what it was? I mean, I guess it we see the progression, but they know what's going to happen to them. And, and with the scientists, I doubt it. I doubt well, it. Not my dead. Not my dead.
2: Maybe <laughs> they have telepathy like Shira and they talk to each other. Or like in the show that I can't believe they canceled my show. The Nation, was it? Nation where the Nation, where they can communicate with each other.
1: I like that they give little mythos to different zombies and try to change it up. But I don't know. I like my zombies dumb and dead. Slow dumb and dead, should I say.
2: Like you like your men I'm just kidding. What what like what what did it Vanity what it, like Vanity would say? We like them tall, stiff, and ready, which is far more than I can say for Dead Jimmy. What what is that? I was going to say what did, Vanity. What did Vanity, what did vanity, vanity say? We like cocaine.
1: That?
2: No. <laughs> vanity from uh, Vanity Five. What was with a girl answers? Vanity was it Vanity
1: Six? If a girl answers, don't hang up. Yeah, she likes them tall, stiff, and ready. Like Bob. This is Vanity. Jimmy home single? Is that what you think? Trap, I'm dating your
3: dad. Oh, he died about seven years back. Now ain't that just too bad? Well that's how we like him. Tall, stiff, and ready. That's positively more than I can say for Ted Jimmy.
1: So what do you think about the corral area,
2: David? The okay corral? I would say it's better than the going Colton to the corral. Golden Corral. You know, <laughs> for those children touch everything. Little... You Buffets are no nice. With honey. What do I think about it? I think that they corral them just like they do dogs. They have a pole with a string that tightens up around the neck. It's, it's again, we're talking about... But they about... also had belts around their neck. These belts to fasten the things to. But there is a... There's an exit out of the facility. That's where... They have to be putting them into to store them. So here what they're doing is they're trapping zombies. They're taking it and then having to take them through the facility to get them into. That's a lot of work. So she's right. There's a lot of work.
1: She said they're not keeping good records. She's like, how do we know how many we have left and how many more we need to get? But I think they should have came up with something maybe to put over their heads or something. I mean, if you have this whole elaborate thing, put burlap bags on their heads or something. I mean, not for anything.
2: Listen, Al-Qaeda. What are you going to (laughs) waterboard them to? I mean something keep the Tell me the tell me the secrets of the zombies tell me your zombie secrets who assassinated JFK the truth we also get
1: this great scene where Sarah is just had it. We see that she's getting headaches. Matter of fact, she keeps taking aspirin from this thing on the wall, and I just like, why you even have that over there? Just take the whole damn bottle. That's the communal aspirin place. She's taking the aspirin, throwing the shit on the floor, taking a sip of water, and she ends up getting with McDermott, the communications, Bill McDermott. So him and John live together in that little RV thing together, right? Which is dangerously close to the zombie. He said they like to live dangerously and they have this whole setup where it's one of those RVs, like David was saying. And they did their own backyard, which even Sarah actually seems to enjoy she's like this is a great idea but she says to them i don't see you doing anything hard or or working hard to be so she has a little resentment for them too but he's the pilot john does his job he's the pilot and bill is the communications person we said with world war ii matter of fact technology that he's working yeah,
2: with they, they, like their whole thing is that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We are. They're not supposed to be the muscle. They're more technical. They're not the muscle. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And this is to me is where the bonding moment happens, where it's a real eye opener for Sarah because John and McDermott know what's going on. They know that this is this whole thing is imploding and collapsing on them. They know that they can't stay there much longer. And they do have this kind of cute like setup where remember, it was almost flamingos like flamingos
1: pink flamingo out there
2: remember like when our grandmother had that detached garage where Michael would have our brother would have like parties and friends over I had my 16th yes. birthday there and you'd set up it's like this room it's a garage but it's sealed off like the door looks it was sealed off like it was a regular like apartment sort of thing and it had a bathroom and everything but we would be able to like have parties in there and hang out it was like a hangout spot it was really cool actually yes. so it's kind of like they set up this thing where they like put like bamboo things up, blinds and like fake trees and stuff where again, where do they find all this stuff? Like a, f- a fake backdrop of like a palm tree and water. So they set up their own yeah. little paradise with lamps and stuff. It's very 60s, 70s vibe going on there too. They got
1: some macrame. They got some wooden um uh, not macrame. They have a, what's that? Don't be talking cherry? about
2: macrame. My husband is totally into macrame. I got more macrame than I know what to do with. I'm going to put a macrame picture up.
1: You got throw back. Over there, not macrame, like the like a Golden Girls esque lanai, but in a missile
2: silo. So, Sarah, Sarah's brought down, and she's talking with them, and this is probably one of the most profound parts of the movie for me. John says that he's been, he's been here. First of all, he explains what he does. He, I fly the plane. I'm supposed to fly the plane. He's supposed to do the communication. He does the communication. They call him Flyboy again, too.
1: So, either that's George Romero, just ha or he just he just loves to call every person who does a helicopter Flyboy as a nickname.
2: I mean, I have been nicknames for people, too. Bitch. Jerk. a
1: <laughs> call her a bitch. Call her a slut.
2: Oh, but
1: they have a profound conversation. As a matter of fact, David, I love this. John says... You're never going to figure it out. Just like the stars in the sky, you're never going to figure this out. And I agree. They're never going to figure out what caused this, how it happened. George Romero didn't even figure it out. Could it be a comet that came by, what was it, Venus in the night of the living dead? They said it could have been something from that. You're never going to figure this out. So what time we have
2: left, we should be enjoying and living it up, basically. This is where he has that, and I have to correct myself from earlier in this podcast where I say it's like philosophical. There's also a religious aspect. He goes, we're never going to figure it out. Like we haven't figured out the stars. He said, maybe this is God telling us that he's getting he's getting upset because we're always trying to figure his shit out that's what he says we're we're too big for our britches he said maybe it's this maybe it's that you're never gonna figure it out so why don't we again spend the time that we have maybe find an island have some babies and forget about this society the way it was forget about this society he goes i'm there's there's records of news clippings of tv shows of you know, world events of metrics. The businesses of this, of making the best money, yeah, the most money,
1: and things like that. What does it mean? What does it mean?
2: It means nothing. It means nothing. And he says, let's get out of here. Let's take that whirly bird and go find some place where we can live our lives and forget about and teach our children to never come back here and look at these records. Never deal with this. And there's, that's a very profound thing to say. He's saying basically... That To me, this collapse of this society, whether it be from God, whether it be because of us, is actually the, one of the best things that can happen because all of this hierarchy and all of this materialism and all of this just horrible, horrible things, is a simpler life. Go back to a simpler life. Forget about who cares who has the most money at this point. So Amen. to me, everything. He's basically, let's wipe it away and start over anew and create the world that we want to be in. What does it matter, Sarah, darling? All this filing and record-keeping.
4: We ever gonna give a shit? We even gonna get a chance to see it all. This is a great big 14-mile tombstone. With an epitaph on it that nobody gonna bother to read. Now here you come, here you come, with a whole new set of charts and graphs and records. What you gonna do? Buried them down here with all the other relics of what once was. I- I'm going to tell you what is. I'm going to tell you what is. You ain't never going to figure it out. Just like they never figured out why the stars are where they're at. It ain't mankind's job to figure that stuff out. So what you're doing is a waste of time, Sarah. And time is all we got left, you know.
0: I'm doing. It's all there's
4: left to do. Shame on you. There's plenty to do. Plenty to do. So as long as it's you and me and maybe some other people, we could start over. Start fresh. Get some babies. And teach them, Sarah. Teach them never to come over here and dig these records out. You want to put some kind of explanation down here before you leave? He's one as good as any United need We've been punished by the Creator. He visited a curse on us, so we might get a look at like maybe he didn't want to see us blow ourselves up and put a big hole in his sky maybe he just wanted to show us he was still a busman maybe he figured we was getting too big for our bitches trying to figure his shit out
1: he didn't know that Kaufman in Land of the Dead was going to bring the money back and, and make a casino out there in Fiddler's Green with it. No, but don't you see the almost the lyrical stru- structure of Dawn of the Dead with this? It's it's Ken Foray as Peter doing almost the No More Room in Hell speech. But he says something to the effect of also it's it's it is a religious thing. It's something like that. It's almost that same. And I think he says something about the hell and and, and it's, it's it's in that essence of of that same kind of when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth speech.
2: He also says it's a great big tombstone this this whole facility this whole thing is set up it's a it's a great big tombstone too. And you hear that echoing
1: stuff. too. Yeah.
2: And you hear yeah. the cries yeah. of and the distant the wailing of a few extra zombies that is in that little cavern waiting to be experimented on. By the way, epic score. I don't know, we didn't mention this, but this score is
1: beautiful the beginning score when they're out with the, in the field with the dead, but also they have two ballads for this movie, David, that I really like as well. It's very, very eighties, Romero movie. It's definitely a product of 1985. There's a soundtrack with power ballads and things like that. Does it ever live up to you to the point of how good it was in the beginning when they first land and we see those the dead coming and that ambiance that we get? Do you, do you get more highs in this movie like that? Do you like the ending where Miguel lets in the zombies and we get that almost like the dawn of the dead when the zombies take over the mall this is them taking over the bunker and then they get their revenge and then they rip everybody apart much like they did to the bikers is it almost like matching lyrics you know like dawn day i think
2: think ultimately there's always the same theme you're you're basically man is powerless you know there's an expression r and kathy always used to use the expression and i'm sure other people have used it man makes plans and god laughs So it's like this thing where you think like you're going to push back the tides. Yeah, you might be able to build a dam, but eventually that water is going to break through the dam. It's like where we think we have the answers. We're going to be able to hold back the inevitable. So that's what happens when this influx of zombies. It could have been through Miguel. It could have been the gate falls down. It could be anything like that. You know, so at the end of the movie, the zombies do get in. Miguel actually opens up the gate. He gets eaten. And he pulls down the, the the kind of the tower to i mean the um the elevator thing for the and lets the zombies come in. Rhodes actually gets kills the doctor, Dr. Frankenstein, and yeah. Bub goes yeah. and Bub accidentally gets out. But Bub doesn't go to eat people. Bub went goes to find Logan, the doctor. Dr. Frankenstein sees that he's dead and he like gets upset, visibly upset. Most. He goes, Ooh. yeah.
1: Like his father, it was a, p- a parent for him.
2: Now that's where you see that the doctor wasn't so far off. There is Shred of Humanity in, and he ends up taking up a gun, and he shoots Rhodes. And then you get the the best revenge scene where Rhodes is running from Bub after he's been shot a couple times by Bub, and he's like, come on! Come
1: on, yeah, yeah,
2: come And he's crawling I think of you. I think this of is you this is there. after Rhodes. This is after Rhodes leaves the rest of the men that's left over to get killed. But the zombie does. takes one of, takes like a golf cart sort of a thing and zooms off to further into the bunker where the zombies are coming. The and recreational all that-
1: center, yeah.
2: <laughs> And so you have that part, and then you see where he crawls away from Bub, and he opens the door, and the zombies are behind the door, and they pull him apart, and he says things that— I always think—why do I think of you for this this scene? I think of you going, choke on it! (laughs) Well, I I may have said that before. Not to you, of course.
1: I know, but this always makes me, Even when I rewatch, maybe when and I maybe I'm
2: wearing, maybe when I'm feeling saucy, when I'm feeling saucy, that, that if I'm having a special moment, and I say, Joke on it. "Oh God, my God!"
1: So he does say that when he's being eaten. I don't know why I always think of you say imitating him saying that, but so because
2: it's Kana, Kana.
1: Kana.
2: He, he talks like this. Watch the movie. He, Wow! Come on,
1: come on, come on! Come on,
3: come on, Toshi! Hey, Toshi! Come on! Come on!
1: As he's being ripped apart, another thing that The Walking Dead got from... They also... So
2: this man deserved it. He kills the doctor. He puts Sarah and McDermott in the pen with the thing. So they're trying to find the way out to get to a ladder to get out. He has one of his men beat up Flyboy, John, to make him fly them out of there and leave everyone else to die. So what happens is John gets roughed up and then he finally gets the best of them. He goes into the because he says you're gonna have to kill
1: me i'm not gonna leave them you're gonna have to kill me
2: kill me here now and he beats him up and then he ends up going into the penary and, and and rescuing so sarah and mcdermott are, are trying to fight off zombies in the basically in the dark with very little lighting so he comes in with guns Shovel, and starts shooting the zombies. They, they ultimately come to a ladder they escape the zombies and they see the zombies are coming through the fence and they see so you got the zombies coming through the fence then in the in the the forefront there then you have a little further past them you have the chopper which they're hoping was refueled because it wasn't fueled at the time yep yep they're they're exciting the zombies and they're gonna get through the gate so then you have them running to the chopper to escape and you see zombies walking towards and then sarah opens the door and then you see a zombie grab her from the chopper but it's a dream she's sitting in the back of the chopper and they make it and they make it to an island and you see she wakes up on the on the sand and and on an uh. island and you see that John and McDermott are fishing starting over. So, yeah, there's a lot of things.
1: Is that the parallel then with her it's again the dream but and she's also now this time she's writing a calendar again because in the beginning she's crossing off it's October and then we see in this it's November. So Will this be the end of her nightmares? Is that what kind of what we're getting at? That she's in paradise now?
2: I don't know, but it's not the island from the the remake of D- where they the go dead. to the island all of a sudden. And that damn dog, Chips. Chips sends and barks, and then all the zombies come after them. You mean the chips!
1: elephant stampede that it sounds like? That comes chips! At the end? Chips! <laughs> chips! 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 Chips, like a picture of the girl Monica making fun of her. Oh, Chips. The blonde. So, David, at the end of this, They are on the island. Now, we mentioned this on another, on Land of the Dead that's upcoming, but *Nile Living Dead 2, unofficial sequel, takes place on a remote island where a small group of survivors of the zombie apocalypse take shelter only to face fresh terror when flesh eaters find their way to the shore. And our three main characters from Day of the Dead, we have Sarah, John, and Bill, the actors, back on an island unofficial officially playing these characters we think there's no other known thing it's been filmed already the movie but it's three characters zombie apocalypse on an island they don't officially have the rights to use the names but if they don't say the names i'm thinking this is supposed to be the characters from day of the dead it's it's this too is good new. that they have this is this is yeah, it's coming out, uh, Night of the Living Dead 2, but like like I said, the actors reprise their roles, but they're not, they can't officially call them this. And we have no other plot other than it's on an island and it they the They reprise their character. roles
2: in 2020, in 2022?
1: So we don't know too much about it, David, but it's called Night of the Living Dead 2, a sequel to George Romero's Zombies classic, is in the works, but could it also be a Day of the Dead sequel in disguise? It's worth pointing out that the current project is far from a follow-up to Night of the Living Dead because... 'Cause as we always say, Night is in is not copyrighted. So me and David could have made a night movie. You all made a night movie, Night of Living Dead at home. So this movie is called Night of Living Dead too. But they just happened to get the cast back again on an island. Mmm will we get
2: our day of the dead sequel and you can make night of the living dead and you can make night of the living dead it's like john mayer everybody's been with him in the 90s yeah <laughs> and you are with john mayer and you are with john mayer we know and just you get business. a night of the living dead movie
1: so i hope this turns out to be something if they can't use the character names because also day of the dead has its own copyrights issue talk about sequels And remakes and TV series now. I mean, last summer we had the Day of the Dead sci-fi TV series based on George Romero. Everything's based on George Romero's Day
2: of the Dead, but nothing ever
1: comes close.
2: Stolen. Stolen from George Romero. Basically,
1: I mean, we've had two Day of the Dead remakes, a Day of the Dead sequel, and a Day of the Dead TV series, all that have nothing to do with the original Day of the Dead, but because the copyright is owned by somebody else. Everything's Day of the Dead. So Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead could be remade and remade a hundred times.
2: Maybe they'll change the characters around. Like Sarah will be Fly Girl. She's the one that does the airplane. she'll Fly Girl. And that'll be, I don't know. It'll be jo- Joan. Joan the Fly Girl instead of John. It'll be... <laughs> An army of... Sergei, Sergei, Sergei or Sergei or something instead of Sarah. They'll just flip flip everything around.
1: I want Captain Rhodes to be a woman. (laughs) That's what they're going to do. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. We saw that they made a... One of the the Day of the Dead remakes had Bub be a vegetarian that ended up remembering that he was a vegetarian before death. Uh, Just... Don't remake this movie anymore. If anything, well, what's
2: the one that I saw recently? It was called Day of the Dead.
1: Yeah, that's another. Or, another what was called a remake? Was it
2: Day of the Dead with the with the actor with the again the same military facility thing sort of a thing? Well, Ving, for Rhames a cure.
1: Also, Ving Rhames did a Day of the Dead remake where he was a rhodes s character after playing in Dawn of the Dead remake. And then they made another, one was with Mira Savino, and then they made another Day of the Dead remake also in an under, with the military And on. There's two Day of the Dead remakes. Day of the Dead contend I don't know, a sequel supposedly had nothing to do with it, and now the TV series.
2: But where was the, was that the movie where, you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? There was that, that sort of, a, that attractive actor was the main character. He was a zombie, but something with his DNA, he was only part zombie. Oh, yeah that's the and new
1: that's the newest day of the dead remake yeah and he and remember. he
2: was and he he was after the girl the, the the doctor or technician or whatever was doing his blood and everything he obsessed with her he, he carved her name into his arm and yes oh yes yes
1: yes yes he yes, didn't want to yes. eat
2: her he wanted to do her oh this movie these movie remakes Listen. Without the remakes, without the remakes, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So we always have to we have to thank the the, the thievery poor poor Romero George Romero. like he rest in peace or come back to life. Yeah, we're still hoping. I know. If anybody, if there's gonna be a zombie apocalypse, you need to have George Romero come back from the dead. I'm just That's saying. That's when it. you know it's official.
1: Why don't they just take the script, David, the original Day of the Dead script, this this Gone with the Wind with zombies I know it said Romero said he basically took the concept he wanted to make this okay so get this it went from 7 million with that original script in 1985 down to 3.5 million so that's a big blow so what he could have did with 7 million I'm sure they could do nowadays and it doesn't matter if the characters are the same name because it could have been a remake it just could have been a remake of that script you know if you're gonna remake it anyway why not use the man's original work and just film it that's what I think but David, out of the scheme of things, I think strong, strong zombie movie. I actually really enjoyed it this rewatch again. It had been a while before I saw it, but it, it was a great, great rewatch, and it holds up so well. Especially when you see what modern zombie movies are like, or AKA the there you go the Day of the Dead remake that just were out there. A quality difference for sure. The acting is fantastic. You know, you you dislike the characters you were supposed to dislike. You liked the characters you were supposed to like, I think.
2: Would you say that this is still Gone with the Wind Fabulous? Like he said it was going to be gone, the gone with the Wind of the Zombie Moves? I just is it Gone the- with the Wind Fabulous? Is it yeah, gone it's with Gone the with the run with the
1: one Fabulous, if anything, because I think it's the bunker really holds it back to what it could have been. I would have loved them to maybe did more helicopter runs around this, you know, just to see how much more is out there. But I, I know why it is why it is. It's supposed to give you that element, again, of isolation.
2: I could have told you anybody should know should relate to isolation after this the last two, two and a half years. Would you say that it could have been, could have been so beautiful? It could have been, so right? been so right. It
1: could have been so right. <laughs> Tiffany could have been contributed to this score, David. I think that I still would have wished they would remake the script to see what we could have gotten. I've read the script years ago when I was in high school, so I printed it out. It was online, the original script. For some reason, I remember zombies driving around in golf carts and shit like that. Like almost like that. I don't know. It was a little, he was definitely doing the same thing with training the zombies. But they were almost up to a military level, I believe, then. Oh, okay.
5: Oh, gone with the wind fabulous. You say I'm
0: fake. I
3: say I'm fabulous. You say I'm old. I say I'm fabulous. You say I'm kettle? say i'm fabulous you say i'm crazy i say i'm fabulous i'm gone with the wind fabulous i'm gone with the wind fabulous
1: so david was it gone with the wind fabulous for you would you have rather had a bigger island movie with these characters out on the islands training zombies out
2: i'm gonna be honest with you i would have wanted them to be in the bunker and I would have liked to have seen the progression of this no not as much backstory had them implode on themselves and then they escape the island and then start the movie. Ooh, more on the island that way. Yeah, we we, we, we failed the attempt. There would be a failed attempt to... I would have even done like a bizarre flashback sort of a thing where you see zombies being worked on by the crazy doctor. Like you see like bits and pieces of things going on. Like, and then you see the infighting. Then you see the hordes breaking through things and people fighting a little bit. And then you see them getting into the helicopter. And then they start. Don't steal that, whoever's watching. That's my copyrighted script
1: that's his day that's david's day of the dead version we all got a version we all have. we've all been with her once and
2: once before
1: oh man the summer just keeps on coming with this dead david my god we're going from all different styles and genres but nothing beats i think a good old george romero foray into the dead that was another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. I feel like this episode probably could have went on even longer. It's one of those movies we've watched hundreds of times. We have a lot to say about it, but yet probably said nothing at all at the same time.
2: They don't know anything about the movie.
1: No. Did you learn anything about this? No.
2: <laughs> the zombies Hashtag t- dead in bed. <laughs> you can meet dead me dead. at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word, hashtag dead in bed. No
1: dead in bed. <laughs> No dead in bed. <laughs> and the radical retro rewind all one word on Instagram. will also on YouTube. The summer's continuing, so we hope, though, so that you are not dead and you're laughing hysterically at everything we said because this was just riveting. Oh my god! Is that a rhyme?
2: Are you going to be like the next Vanilla Ice?
1: The Radical Retro Rewind is just a rhyme in itself trying to get that out. With Radical Ryan Hunter. I don't know why I did all these R's. We're also on YouTube where we have video formats of the podcast and much more. So join us again next week for another episode of the podcast. And we'll be back. Goodbye, David. Pleasant
2: nightmares. Oh, oh, oh. No, I don't know. Bye, people. S- stay alive.
3: Is it you? Is it me? Holding on for so long, trying desperately. World could never end. Come take my heart, my soul.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corrient.